0: Thank you. Good morning, I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk Minipod for, well, let's just call it Saturday morning, the pre-dawn edition. It's a little after 1.30 in the morning, and uh, I appreciate you joining me for another episode of Minipod. Um, This morning, I'm going to talk about another issue that the, the Democrats have promised to uh, deliver their supporters and and that is the issue of district of columbia statehood and i'm sure if many of you follow uh, any of the news outlets of course it'll be received differently depending on who you listen to but a statehood proposal for the district of columbia has really been around for a number of years i mean it uh, I don't think a lot of attention has been given to it uh, because usually it doesn't have much of a chance of passing. But I think because of <laughs> obviously the, the 2020 election that we went through, that uh, it, it looks like it stands the best chance it's ever had. But there's still a lot of obstacles to it, uh, even though you don't hear about those in, in the mainstream media. Um, but today, since we have a, a president that, you know, and, and Joe Biden has pledged to support DC statehood, uh, it makes it seem like it's more of a reality than it ever has been before as well. And of course, Congress being controlled by the Democrats, um, and of course they support statehood naturally they would, uh, and you'll see why in a, in a few minutes, if you don't already know. Uh, however, a question remains as to whether Congress can make DC a state without a constitutional amendment. Now that's not something that you hear much of when they discuss it, but as a partisan, partisan matter, support for statehood is almost exclusively Democrat as would be new Columbia's congressional delegation. Um, As a constitutional matter, however, the the Justice Department under both Democrat and Republican administrations has consistently agreed that statehood for the district requires a constitutional amendment. This is an issue that has come up so many times that uh, Democrats now have a new means of pushing it. They have a new slogan which we'll get to in a minute as well. So tonight I'm going to use an article that uh appears in Newsmax, uh newsmax.com, which is something I had to get along with the uh Mike Huckabee uh, newsletter and I use both of those for a lot of my articles. But uh this one is by Deroy Murdoch and it was published actually on um on uh thursday i believe and he goes on to say as i warned you last fall democrats are pushing to make washington dc america's 51st state republicans are resisting this idea as well as they should democrats in turn blame the gop's reluctance on what else racism of course Now, today, the state of D.C. would be 46% 46 black, which would make it the state with the highest percentage of black people in the entire country. U.S. Representative Ayanna Presley told a House hearing on Tuesday, I'm going to make it plain. D.C. statehood is a racial justice issue and racism kills. We would expect that coming from her. Former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich was blunt on Monday as well via Twitter. He stated that opposition to D.C. statehood is racist, period. I don't remember Robert, but... um, So... So this author goes on to say, no, Virginia. Uh, That's a phrase that gets used a lot. Uh, uh, Opposition to D.C. statehood is not racist. This nauseatingly predictable Democrat argument also is absurd, stupid, and sick. GOP and conservative reservations about statehood have nothing to do with anti-black bigotry. They have everything to do with the Constitution washington's federal role and how new columbia would change the senate senate's partisan mix forever fortunately republicans can and should turn the tables on democrats with a quintessentially conservative solution to this challenge first as r hewitt Pate Esquire told the Heritage Foundation, D.C. statehood faces deep constitutional traps. Article 1, Section 8 guarantees Congress exclusive legislative control of D.C. in all cases whatsoever. Statehood would T-bone into this provision, in other words, run into it broadside and split it. Maryland originally ceded territory to create D.C. So, Pate argued under Article 4, Section 3, Annapolis could veto D.C. statehood. In other words, D.C. is, even though it was given up by Maryland, it was given to the federal government for specific purposes. Uh, Also, the Constitution forbids any new states being made out of an existing state without uh, congressional action and an amendment. I believe an amendment goes along with that. But anyway, it does pro- prohibit uh, a state being divided up to create another state. Also, the 23rd Amendment calls DC the seat of government, which entitles to electoral college votes as if it were a state, but not as a state. So the verbiage there is very important. Um, and of course, you know, the, the state of the voting rights of the people in D.C. have evolved over the years, and they've tried several different things since, uh, since this became. It actually became a hot, hot issue not long after the uh, United States was formed. But uh, they've tried several different methods in order to rectify that. So the people there in, in, the, in the District of Columbia that's not actually part of the federal grounds could have some rights in voting and, and self-government. Um, but anyway, the big difference Thus, D.C. statehood should require a constitutional amendment, not just congressional approval. Second, the founding fathers envisioned America's capital as a safe space in which three federal branches could operate without meddling by pesky governors and state lawmakers. I mean, can you imagine, and it makes sense what the founding fathers were trying to do, can you imagine, um, you know, The federal buildings, uh, you know, even the White House, uh, the congressional building, uh, everything, uh, the Supreme Court building, all those things being within a state that actually had some kind of jurisdiction, if nothing else, up to the front door of these institutions. So you know, the Founding Fathers tried to eliminate that problem. And if you remember, actually, uh, the uh, seat of the federal government was moved to Washington, D.C., from Philadelphia, partially for that reason, because they had problems uh, with uh, Pennsylvania. And um, so they they figured when we move this to D.C., We need to create this zone where, you know, uh, we cannot be affected by a state government or even a a local government. So um, it goes on to say in the Federals 43 papers by James Madison, he saw this as an indispensable necessity, least the public authority might be insulted and its proceedings interrupted with impunity. Uh, Don't you love the way they talk back (laughs) in in the 17 and 1800s? I mean, uh, sometimes it's difficult to um, interpret that, but basically what he was saying is, you know, that's why they created the district of Columbia. So they did not have to worry about uh, getting along with a state or a you know, a a local municipality in order to function as as a government. Third, GOP objections to D.C. statehood are no longer more, are no more anti-black than Democrat reluctance to splitting Utah into North and South Utah being anti-white. I mean, in the past, there has been discussions about uh, some states dividing themselves and and creating two states. Of course, there's several states, uh, you know, that actually are of size that could do that. Uh, California being one, Texas being another. Uh, possibly, maybe even Montana. I'm not sure, but um, there has been some other states that have talked about. Uh, splitting and creating more than one state. Uh, Both parties would fight either idea to avoid facing the business end of a political gun. In other words, of course, Republicans would argue against D.C. statehood because it's a shoe-in that it would be a Democrat-controlled state pretty much forever uh, based on uh, just existing statistics and, and the way that it has leaned uh, since, I believe, in the 80s, I believe, was when it primarily became uh, Democrat. But anyway, so New Columbia would choose two Democrat senators, and New Columbia, obviously, is the name that they would call, uh, or that's what's been suggested to call The District of Columbia, if it becomes a state, New Columbia, would choose two Democrat senators, even if they were caught red handed, knocking over a bank on Election Day. Now. That may seem like a bold statement, but uh, I don't know if anybody listening to this is old enough to remember, because this was some time ago, but uh, there was a mayor of Washington, D.C., named marion barry and uh, i believe he just died in uh, i want to say 2014 20, 2012 something like that but anyway um marion barry he served three terms as mayor of district of columbia from 1979 to 1991 and then he was caught in a sting and i still remember that being a hot item in the news for a, a long time, but he was caught uh, in a sting. He had a drug addiction and he was caught, I believe in a prostitute's hotel. And uh, for whatever charges they, they had on him, he went to prison for six months. Now there were a lot of people in Washington DC that felt like he was set up or that it was unfair. The, the uh, of course six months in in prison for, what was alleged against him doesn't seem like a long time at all. So anyway, this, this guy who had a drug addiction problem and obviously was, uh, or at least reportedly had, had, um, dealings with prostitutes in the city. When he got out of prison, he was reelected for another term in 1995. So I believe that's, of course, there were some other corrupt things that's gone on in Washington, D.C., but I think that's probably one of the things that this author is referring to. The only place where there are more Democrats uh, than in D.C. is probably the faculty club at the University of California in Berkeley. I'm not sure whether that's true or not, but that's what he's saying. D.C. voters are registered 76.4% Democrat and 5.7% Republican. Well, I don't think there's much chance of any Republicans ever coming out of that. Last November, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump 92.1% to 5.4%. So... I think there's good reason to believe that uh, the district of Columbia or the new state of uh, new Columbia would always be Democrat. So DC statehood complete with two permanent Democrat seats would move Senate control that much farther from Republican reach. In other words, there would always be pretty much two Democrat Senate seats coming from that district. The moment D.C. senators were sworn in, they would vote to dismantle the filibuster and enact the far-left's neo-Marxist totalitarian light agenda. Republicans and conservatives reject total Democrat control, which is what D.C. statehood would help secure. Representative Rashida Tlaib, I believe is how you pronounce it, Democrat from Michigan. Uh, She's quite often in the news, but this past Tuesday, she offered the left's best argument for this idea of statehood for DC. Put simply, she said, you oppose DC statehood. You support taxation without representation. Taxation without representation triggered the American revolution. Indeed, delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton, Democrat from Washington, D.C. Now they do have delegates that go, that go to Congress, but they do not have voting rights. They just have the right to sit in. They actually have rights to be on committees, but they don't have a right to vote. So she goes on to say Democrat from Washington, D.C. may not vote on the U.S. House floor. The district has Zero senators currently, but statehood would give them two. This complaint pressed deeply into D.C.'s steel license plates. So I guess it's saying here that the the license plates in the District of Columbia say uh, taxation without representation. I I don't know. I've not seen one, but it's perfectly valid. And this grand compromise solves it. So this author is saying, here's a solution for it. D.C. should enjoy non-representation without taxation. In other words, stop taxing them. Make the District of Columbia a tax-free zone. Washington, D.C. should remain a political neutral zone. However, as residents should be excused from federal and in, individual income tax. The tax foundation reports this arrangement would have left five hundred and forty-one thousand four hundred, let's see, would have left five hundred and forty-one thousand four hundred and fifty taxpayers. Would have let them keep over six and a half billion dollars in their bank accounts. Um, I believe that was, um, gee, I don't have the year on that, I must have missed that. Okay. But anyway, it's saying that if they had not had to pay in individual income tax, now that area of uh, Washington is one of the the wealthiest areas in the country. And I I believe Alexandria, Virginia is, is another, uh, because so many people that work in Washington, DC live out, you know, outside the city and they, and, uh, incomes are fairly high. (laughs) Henceforth, such funds would finance residents, personal advancement and stimulate their local economy. Of course, think how many other people would want to move to D.C. if that were to happen. Americans would flock to D.C. to enjoy that tax-free zone. Well, that's probably a given. I think uh, the last report, there was uh, like six over uh, 600,000 people living in Washington, D.C. Of course, they say that... During the day, during the week, the work week, that the actual in-town population swells to over a million because of all the people that come in uh, that work in the various departments uh, of the government in and around town. But the actual people who live in the Washington, D.C. district proper number is a little over 600,000. By the way, do you know that as of uh, 2011, Washington D.C. Uh, is paid $637 million a year by the federal government, and that's supposed to go towards the operations of the District of Columbia? I didn't, I, I didn't realize that. So it's almost like the federal government is paying rent, or it's helping to sustain the district in an effort to make sure that those areas that are around, uh, federal buildings and so forth are maintained and, you know, have a a chance to, uh, to, to, um, do business, I guess $637 million. That seems like a lot of money for, for a, a, a community, a town, if you will, that only has about 600, uh, thousand residents living in it. That's geez, that's quite a bit of money. I should have run the numbers on that. But if, um, so here's the question, if the, the district of Columbia were to become a state, you know, they need to think about, well, would they lose that money? I mean, no other state is paid that kind of money by the federal government other than Washington, D.C., and it's not a state, of course. But if they were to become a state, then one could make a a case that, well, the federal government shouldn't give them that many money anymore. And I wonder if they thought that through or, you know, as arrogant as a lot of liberals are, if they think, well, you know, hey, we still should get the money because we're right here and we help support, you know, all these federal facilities here in Washington, D.C., but I bet they haven't thought that part through. I think it would be a better idea to let the DC district to uh, be absorbed back into the state of Maryland. Um, and then they would have the rights to vote properly. I mean, they're right there. I mean, they're actually two States uh, donated some property to the federal government in order to create the district of Columbia. And I, I don't remember the reason why, but uh, Virginia Virginia had also given some land, but, uh, that land was given back to Virginia. I believe it's, I believe it's where Alexandria is today, but, um, I think that's what I read. But so only Maryland has claim to any of the land. I believe that's still considered part of the district of Columbia. So I've read this before, so it's not my idea that it should go back to, uh, you know, uh, really the, if you want to, if it, if there's a case for making it a state, then instead of creating another state, which for the life of me, I can't figure out how you can justify that. I know that's a lot of people and 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 in, in the same or in uh, supporting articles, they say, well, uh, 600,000 people is more people than you have living in the state of entire state of Montana. So, you know, uh, you have, it's a state and it represents less people. So, you know, we have more people. We should certainly have the same right to have the same rep- representation. You know, basically you'd end up with a state. That's nothing but a city. Um, there is no other state in the union. That is only a city. That's also a state. Also the district of Columbia Um, has no means of really supporting itself outside of the federal government or, you know, things that spin off of the federal government, support services, you know, and and even restaurants and hotels. All those things are dependent on the federal government and the people that come in there uh, doing business with the federal government. They do not have any farmlands. They do not have any manufacturing of their own. They basically totally exist in support of the federal government. So to make them a state doesn't make sense. And I don't care, you know, take away the Republican Democrat issue out of it. And it just, the first time I heard it, it didn't make sense. And I didn't even know all the ins and outs of it, but it's, it's feasible that if, if they want to go so far as to make it a state, then just let Maryland have it back. Let it be annexed or re-annexed back into, I think there's another word they use for it that's a little more uh, official than annexed, but let it become part of Maryland again, and then they would be able to vote as part of Maryland residents. Now, they probably don't want to do that because that they will certainly have more power and more control if they can be a state and there's probably lots of other issues that they would get to enjoy uh, from that privilege as well. But, you know, you know, I I believe this was tried back in, um, I want to say it was the eighties or or the late, late seventies. And um, there was a push to get it through to make um, DC a state And there was only about six states. Of course, since they had, they were going to have to make, have a constitutional amendment to do it. uh, You have to have two thirds of the states vote for it. And they only got six that were in support of it. Of course, I'm sure California and New York were two of them. I don't, I don't know who the others were. So, That that's something that makes more sense, and a lot of of people take that position as well. So just let it be absorbed back into the state of Maryland, and then they'll have voting rights. Then they'll have senators. Um, All the things that they want except power. You know, the only power they would have would be as being a large metropolitan city of the state of Maryland and uh, with a lot of uh, influential people living there. Um, Statehood should not move forward without a constitutional amendment, which would probably not be ratified by enough states to pass. Okay, I kind of jumped ahead of myself here. It says the last time they tried it was in the 80s, And it was supported by just six states. Uh, It's a ploy by the Democrats to achieve a fairly significant advantage in Congress. That's basically all this is. They want to make it a voting rights thing. And, you know, I have to agree. I think if I were living in Washington, D.C., I may have the feeling like I should be able to vote, I should have representation but they do again, get to vote for electoral uh, delegates that get to participate in the presidential election. They do have that, right? They just don't have representation and they don't have voting representation in Congress and the Senate. And, and, and they should have it, I guess. I mean, Everybody should have it. Of course, these people knew this when they they made Washington, D.C. their home. You know, there's probably other ways that that could have been handled. Uh, Of course, I I would not begin to presume that I could uh, have a better idea than the founding fathers of this country. But it just seems crazy that they allowed an area where people could actually make their home and then end up without representation in some manner that area should have been strictly just for business and and then people would have had to live outside of the District of Columbia make their actual uh, house or their home outside of the District of Columbia so they wouldn't have this issue and then they could, they could be represented and, and, and vote wherever their houses lay, reside, sit. Um, but it's easy to see that if the re- roles were reversed here and, and Republicans were trying to do this and push statehood and they had 90% of the uh, residents living in the Washington, D.C. area, Democrats would be going nuts. And that is a big issue because who in the world, what opposing party is ever going to support something where you automatically give your, your opponent, your opposing side, such a clear advantage and almost a permanent advantage, really. Uh, I don't think Republicans, uh, I don't think Democrats would do that if Republicans had a situation where they could do the same thing and they knew there was an area of the country that they wanted to create a state, um, that would forever be Republican. I just, you know, and end up with two Republican senators that they could count on for life. I just don't think there's any way in the world the Democrats would support that. And their whole, their whole outlook on this thing would change. What I would say to you is, is, even though um, you may not think this has a big impact on you, um, you may not have thought that back when Georgia, we here in Georgia were struggling with trying to get uh, our two existing senators reelected David Perdue and Kelly Leffler. And because um, we knew that it was going to be tight in the Senate. And if we lost one, you know, we could probably survive and still have some, uh, you know, control in the Senate. But if we lost both of them, we were in trouble as Republicans and conservatives in this country. Well, it happened. We lost both of them in an unheard of move. It was bad enough that we, you know, that the state of Georgia went for Joe Biden, but to also give up, two Republican senators in the favor of basically two people who have never been uh, in government before. So this is similar to that, except in some cases it's worse because again, there'll probably never be a chance if DC became a state, there would ever be Republican senators from that state and certainly would never be any, uh, representatives in the house that are Republicans from that state. So I would say if you feel as I do, or if you feel like that it, it could be problematic for your beliefs and, and, the goals that you have for this country that I would contact your congressman, um, and, and, and tell him how you feel and tell them that you're concerned. And, and if you do not support it, that you want them not to support it in Congress, you know, hopefully there are no Republicans that would even go for that remotely. But, you know, we, we've seen a few Republicans be, um, a little unpredictable here in the last few years, uh, same way with your senators. If you have uh, Republican senators in your state, I would register your complaint. And even if you have Democrat senators in your state, I'm probably going to send both of our senators, um, uh, letters or emails, uh, complaining about that, even though they won't care <laughs> because I didn't vote for them. Uh, and I'll clearly show that I'm a Republican but you know we need to let our representatives know how we feel and hopefully if enough people will do that then we may be able to avoid this becoming a reality but there are some other hurdles legal hurdles in the way of this even though they do not address them on the um, on the news but need to do it soon because actually Uh, I believe it was contained in the HR one voting bill that was passed by, by the house, uh, two or three weeks ago. And, um, some say it really doesn't have much of a chance of getting through the Senate, but you never know. You never know. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, just wanted to kind of bring you up to date with the, um, the statehood issue on the District of Columbia, it's got to be one of the craziest ideas. There's a legitimate problem, again, for the the residents of the Washington, D.C. area, but it's a crazy concept that you're going to create a state just because of that. You know, when the alternative, which makes more sense, is just allow them to be absorbed back into a state that they were taken from in the first place and then they will have their instant voting rights and their uh representation but you know then the question would be probably they'd lose that that uh six what did i say 637 million (laughs) dollars that they get per year so anyway i hope that was a little bit of information that you'll find useful for you at least get you thinking about that if you have not because it is an important issue and um so i'm going to um oh i'll remind you that uh, have another mini pod probably tomorrow night about the same time be wee hours of sunday morning and then again to um uh, sunday night we'll be back with Trice talk live myself, Dennis Lee and Eric Kirk at 11 PM Eastern time. And hope you'll join us for that. I'm sure uh, there'll be a number of stories that we, <laughs> some uh, issues in politics that we will be able to cover. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff right now, a bunch of small little side stories that are going on. So um, join us, you know, on Sunday night and, um, uh, I'm sure you'll get an earful of of what we see is going on right now. So, thanks for spending time with me and I'm going to ease out of here now with uh, my little my little uh, beach music. I bet you didn't know that was beach music, did you? <laughs> Have a good day everybody.